You know, I just can't help it. Every time a new year comes around, I find myself filled with hope, smiling like a, like a dum-dum who hasn't yet learned his lesson and become jaded. Every January, despite what happened last year and how it might be smarter to give up on humanity right about this time, every new year, I get happy and hopeful once more. Is this true for any of you? Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, we could call it the resilience of our species that refuses to throw in the towel every year. On the other hand, to remain optimistic pugilists while year in and year out we keep being pummeled back down onto the mat kind of makes us dopes. <laughs> in the news, just five days into the new year, we already have fresh hot-off-the-press worries to keep us up late at night. But you know, that dogged sense of hopefulness, that turning of the year, simply will not see reason. And I pray that I never stop choosing hope as my lens through which to see the world, however rose-colored uh, that lens may become. But here's my message for this first Sunday in January this second Sunday of the Christmas season, which I think is actually my message every year at about this time. Let's be stupidly hopeful. <laughs> Cast your lot once more with the group that keeps demanding justice or the one that keeps advocating for the helpless or rejoicing when things actually go well. Err on the side of kindness. Don't err on the side of caution. Believe in the impossible and work towards it in your life. God loves an optimist who acts from a place of hope and trust, especially when the odds are against her. And as for the miserable state of humanity, <laughs> you know, I'm reminded of the title of the 1970s hit by David Soule, who played Hutch in Starsky and Hutch. Don't give up on us, baby. Anybody? Yes. Thank you. Don't give up on humankind. Just because we've botched it up 2,019 times so far, at least, <laughs> doesn't mean the 2020th won't be the one that does the trick, maybe. So, today's readings are appropriate for the new year because they too speak of hope. Chapter 31 of the book of the prophet Jeremiah is part of a four-chapter section it's called the Book of Consolations. In it, Jeremiah is offering God's promise of better times ahead, when the people of Judah will return from their exile in Babylon, when they will be restored to their lands. The Babylonians came and destroyed the temple at Jerusalem in 586 BC. And for 10 years before that, members of Judah's ruling class were forced into exile in Babylon. Some also fled to Egypt. What I find fascinating about this four-chapter book of Consolations is that Jeremiah is proclaiming the future return of these people to Judah even as they are being led away into exile. He's sort of calling out to them as, as they're herded away from their homes, shouting to them of God's future restoration. Thus says the Lord, together a great company, they shall return here. 
With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. He who scattered Israel will gather him. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them, he cries out. God offers hope to the exiles through these words of Jeremiah, even as they're passing out of their homes and into their darkest hours. And they were allowed back about 47 years later, beginning in 539 B.C., when Cyrus of Persia, who conquered the Babylonians, gave permission for their return back to Israel. They rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem. They came back from the brink of devastation. This year, we pray for all those who are forced into exile through war and violence in our world. We pray as well for those who are exiled in place, imprisoned or persecuted in their own lands, on the West Bank, in North Korea, and in other places. Let us not give up hoping this year for peace and justice. Now, I would be remiss if I did not point out one particular verse in Jeremiah that brings home, for me anyway, this idea of rejoicing after exile. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Hope, fatness, joy, even in the midst of hardship. Here stands before you the very embodiment of Jeremiah's words. Our reading from Matthew is also one of hope. The Holy Family has fled to Egypt shortly after the birth of Jesus, fearing for his safety after Herod seeks out this newborn king to kill him. Yet God abides with them in that foreign land, in their place of exile. In Matthew's telling of the birth narrative of Jesus, there are five messages from the divine communicated through dreams. There are none in Luke's story. Four of those five appearances are to Joseph, and one is to the wise men. And we hear about three of Joseph's four in today's passage. An angel of the Lord tells him in a dream to flee to Egypt in verse 13. Then tells him the coast is clear and they can return from their exile to Israel in verse 19. But then he tells Joseph in verse 22, actually stay out of Bethlehem in Judea and go to Galilee instead. Always guiding, always showing the way and bringing hope even amid the fears of Herod seeking to kill the baby Jesus. Interestingly, our reading today omits verses 16 through 18 of this chapter 2 in Matthew. These three verses depict the slaughter of the holy innocents, which Mother Nayan referenced in her sermon last week. It's as if the compilers of our reading lectionary wanted us to just focus on hope today, on the path back to new life, not on the kind of hard stuff. But as we know from our own lives, you cannot just surgically remove the evil stuff, the pain or the sorrow. You must live with it and find a way to remain hopeful anyway. In fact, hope that does not acknowledge the existence of despair has no depth to it. It will never withstand the seasons of hardship that must necessarily come to any life that is truly lived. So don't negate the tough stuff, but hope anyway.
I want to share with you part of an email I received last week from our tax man, Greg. I know. <laughs> He's normally a very reserved person, uh, though we always have a great time when we go to see him at H&R Block, which may sound strange to say, having a great time at the tax man's. <laughs> but uh, he wrote to all of his clients, and this is what he said. It's tax season again. I usually don't talk about personal issues in these annual come back to me clients' letters, but after reflecting, I wanted to share what a hard year I had after last April 15th, and why I wanted to come back to do your taxes again. My dear mother and a wonderful friend both passed away, and I had months to reflect on my own life. I realized that you all are a second family to me that I cherish, even if we only see or email with each other briefly each year. I treasure you all who have stuck with me for up to 16 years doing taxes, at H&R Block, and I just wanted to say how much I appreciate you trusting me and making me smile, laugh, and stretch my brain's ability to its limits. Thank you. So if, on the cusp of another grueling tax season and after going through his personal losses, if even my tax preparer can show gratitude, surely there's hope for all of us here. There is hope because in the midst of death, we are in life. We keep cherishing every waking hour, every day, every year, however difficult, because it means we have one more chance to love and be loved. Once more this year, we get to search for God's presence all around us and sometimes to become that presence for others. Like my taxman Greg's realization that he values the relationships he's developed over the years, may you each have your own epiphany of the blessings in your life this January and this year. And may it strengthen you to insist on hope in the midst of sorrow and loss. My prayer for you today on the brink of a new year is that of St. Paul's for the Ephesians, which we just heard this morning. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know God, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which God has called you. So happy new year. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>